What's up, everyone? Um, welcome back to the podcast, Sweets with Sodi. I'm your host, Chef Sodi. Here, I'm joined with Rich Sutton, the one of the owners of Rebecca's Chocolates. Rich, thank you for for joining me today. Glad to be here. We're super excited to to talk and uh, get to know you a little bit more. And I wanted to kind of know, first of all, what was your growing up kind of like, so I can kind of understand a little bit about who, who you are. <laughs> My growing up, uh, I played baseball and I just had a very interesting and yet bland uh, life. We had lots of friends in the neighborhood. We played a lot outside. Mm-hmm. I went on a, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at uh, 19 and then turned around and uh, cut back and when I was 23 ended up getting married to a wonderful woman named Rebecca which is, in fact, the precursor to this business. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that my my grandpa was telling me about how it was named after your wife. I think that's really cool. And so, where did you where did you grow up, or where were you born? Downtown Salt Lake, Seven uh, South, Eighth East, just in the middle of in the middle of the little city at the time that didn't go past Thirty Nine South. Unless you want to just be a farmer, mm-hmm. and uh, just went to East High School, University of Utah, and I worked from the time I was 15 until now, mm-hmm. and I was fortunate enough to get a few jobs that were uh, that helped with college, working nights with the, the gas company back then. It was Mountain Fuel Supply. Other than that, other than that, yeah, we just we just uh, made it to where we are now. That's awesome. You said that you had you went to University of Utah. I did. And what did you study there? Well, I started out in geophysics for about two years until I decided I didn't want to spend my life in the middle of the desert somewhere. <laughs> and so I uh, I just changed and got out of college as soon as I could. It was a political science degree. Went to one grassroots meeting that decided. I do not like this compromising <laughs> uh, government stuff, and so I just went on to, to uh, sell, sold uh, different products for quite a few years until about 1982 when my wife decided that she, who loved, she loves sweets, mm-hmm. so she decided she wanted to, uh, with a neighbor down in Sterling, Utah, wanted to just dip some chocolates and she started making some chocolates and then one day she came across a, a recipe because we used to get raw milk down there and it had six inches of cream on the top and this recipe was said had a stamp across it in this book that said buy this book because this recipe for a pecan roll is worth the price of the book and it was 6.95 you know uh, and so she took it home, used the cream to make caramel and make a center, buttercream center for it. Mm-hmm. Gave it to some of the neighbors they thought it was home. They said, that's wonderful. Give us the recipe. So she gave them the recipe. And then they'd come back and say, well, what didn't you tell us? Because ours didn't turn out like yours. But she just took the time to do it right. And uh, somebody else would come along and say, hey, we got a boutique you can go to. Why don't you bring some of that in your chocolates? 
and uh, sell them at our boutique. So I said, all right, I'll sell. You make it, I'll sell it. And so we, that's where it started. 1982 was our first one. Uh, our last child was born in 1983 um, with my wife uh, doing one boutique and uh, taking time to go back behind the curtain to feed the, the youngest, who was not very old, two or three months, I think. Yeah. And and then uh, I was doing another one, and that's just where it started. We have six children. Uh, they all helped in the business. Not one of them wants to do anything to do with it. <laughs> but uh, except they like to eat it. They, they like to come in and get what they, they need. And other than that, we, uh, it went from the pecan roll to we now make 60 different, 70, maybe even 80 different kinds of chocolates. But it's, it just started humbly like that, and and it was just interesting that, that went as we needed to improve and grow, there was always something that just came into focus. Mm -hmm. For example, our shop at this time is, uh, we had no idea and very little money to figure out how to, how to open a shop. And I happen to need a haircut, and there used to be a haircut, a hair barber shop on the end of this little strip mall. And I was trying to find a barber on a Monday, which back then was nearly impossible. I found these, and I walked in, and there was nobody else. The whole complex, the whole six units were empty. I said, so this must place must be pretty expensive. They said, no, it's a lot better since the new owner bought it. I said, oh. Okay, well, who's that? She told me, and I said, oh, that's my wife's cousin. <laughs> and so, at that point, I talked to him, and he helped us get started in here. And uh, that was in 1991, mm -hmm. and we've been here ever since. Wow, and so how long altogether has Re uh, Rebecca's Chocolate been around? 1982 was our first sales. Okay. So that's what, 41 years? Yeah. But that was just a part-time business because I was still selling, I was still selling industrial supplies mm -hmm. when we lived in the town of Sterling, Utah. And I tell people that I changed my occupation from selling nuts and bolts to nuts and shoes. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And so, tell me a little bit of how you met your wife um, before the, all the, the business started up. In, in college, uh, I was part of, a, of the University of Utah uh, LDS Institute Choir, mm -hmm. and we had a little separate group that when we performed someplace besides a church, we had a little separate group that did the intermission. And there were seven of us, and we uh, we would practice every night at the institute building. Uh, not every night, sorry, Thursday nights. And one night I walked in, and I was about five minutes late. And there's this girl sitting at the back. She's waiting for her brother, who happens to be in the in our little group, to get a ride home. And I just looked at her, and I walked over. She had this apple sitting on her desk, and 
and I just stood there and looked at her. She had her head down doing something, and I just stood there and I looked. I closed. I put my hands behind my back, closed my eyes, opened my mouth, and she looked up and said, "Would you like a bite of my apple?" And I said, "I sure would." And I took that and literally went home that night and told my mother that I had met somebody that I could marry and be happier with than anybody ever knew. And that's and my mother said, "Oh yeah, we've heard that before." I said, oh, <laughs> "You've never heard anything like that." And uh, it was just literally love at first sight. We we were engaged in three, four months, I think, and married a year later. And this year we will celebrate. Well, this next April we'll celebrate 55 years. Wow, that's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah. That is so cool. And so, as you guys were getting started in Sterling, you said um, yeah. it was started out with just dipping chocolates, and it kind of progressed to now you're here. What has been some of the the biggest challenges you've faced as oh, you're growing your business? I don't think your podcast is long enough. <laughs> uh, there are, I could probably count, I couldn't, I could count more than what my fingers and toes are to tell you how many challenges we went through yeah. and how somehow we made it through. But uh, first of all, challenge we were two years in business we got this huge order my girls let it go out the back door without getting paid for it come to find out that the fellow was literally a scammer and he he got out the door with $9,996 worth of chocolate and that was about 9% of what we did for the whole year Wow. And it should have put us out. Under, should have put us out. But for some reason, we were able to make it through. I talked to a couple of suppliers and uh, told them the situation and just said, we're going to work it through. And we did. And, and I sometimes still wonder how. I used to visit a young lady who collected bills for the power company. Yeah. And one day I said to her, how long can you go with the power company and not make a payment uh, before they'll shut you off? And she said, 45 days to 60 days maximum. And I said, would you believe six months? And she said, that's impossible. <coughs> I said, well, the last payment I made to them was in the end of April <clears throat> and we had a show that we did the first week of November mm -hmm. now you got to remember this was clear back in, in uh, the 1980s we did this show and it always brought a good amount of money in and I told the suppliers that that was the time that I would get everything caught up yeah a Friday and Saturday, we got back Monday morning, and a guy from the power company walked in and said, uh, I think we've got a problem here. I said, how much was it? And he said, 1700 and something dollars. Now that's back, again, 40 years ago. Yeah. $1,700 in electricity. I said, just a minute. Walked back and brought out and paid him completely. And he just stood there stunned. 
But had he come on the Thursday before that, we could have done that. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we had that just, you know, little things like that over and over. Times when we had to get make payroll. <laughs> and it would be literally the day before, and I'm going, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And sure enough, we get a big order. They pay for it. We have the money in the bank to pay for it. And that's just the way it's been. And now it's much more comfortable, but it's not, it's, you know, it's not a huge money maker. It makes a really nice living. And that's all I need. That's awesome. I love that. That's cool to kind of see how, you know, sometimes you have those like problems and situations, but you're always watched out for and and those miracles kind of happen and those big blessings and that's something really cool to see and so as you're earlier you said you had uh, probably about 80 different types of chocolates yes so what I want to know what your favorite chocolate you make is like what's the best one if someone's gonna come here what are you gonna tell well, them? first of all I'm gonna tell you the best seller we have is just our plain caramel we have one of those and a sea salt caramel. Okay. Uh, and it used to be, well, I had a, I had a, f- a friend in Seattle who called me one day and said, Richard, he said, I was just up on the coast and there was this little place up there and they were selling caramels with sea salt on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, the caramel wasn't as good as yours, but the combination of the two was wonderful. I said, okay, I'll try some. Uh, I put them out there, literally, we had to throw them away. Well, we didn't throw them away. We just couldn't sell them. They, nobody would buy them. Uh. Two years later, when the fad got from the east and west coast back into the middle of the country, it's now at least 30 to 40% of all our caramel sales. Wow. So it, it just takes a while. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first one. The second one is one that uh, is called a Cherry Hill. It's just a cream center that has chopped cherries in it and chopped almonds in the outside chocolate. And I remember one boutique we went to when we first started. A lady came up and I had some samples out there for them, little cut up pieces. And I said, would you like a sample? She said, what is it? And I told her it was a Cherry Hill. And she said, no, I don't like cherry. Anyway, so we talked for a little while and I said, hey, come on take one little bite of this and here's a garbage can if you don't like it spit it out so she finally said okay I'll do that she took one bite and about five seconds later she said I'll take two pounds of those <laughs> and that's uh, and that's the way it's been uh, with especially with that product we make our chocolates different most people have a background in making chocolates. We didn't have any background at all in making them. We decided that we would make chocolates the way we liked them with the rich centers. And if people liked them, they could buy them. If they didn't like them, then we'd find another profession. But the, in fact, this has set us apart uh, beyond most of the other people around. And I remember there was one chocolatier who I knew but she didn't know me. And I got a phone call one day from her saying, you make a key lime chocolate? And I said, well, we just call it lime, but a lot of people say it tastes like key lime. Well, 
I went next door to visit a friend of mine in the building next to me, and I came back, and here was this lady and her husband standing there, and she had she had little paper sacks set on the top of the counter, probably 25 of them. Now, this was before we made any different flavors. Yeah. But she had different flavor in each one of them, and she bought like two or three chocolates in each one. And that was back when chocolates were six ninety five a pound, I think, or something like this. You know, she spent $75, which we thought was amazing. Wow. And so I, uh, when she was done, and she asked me about the, the, the key line. Mm -hmm. Anyway, when she was done, she just backed up, and this little fellow, who, her husband, walked up, opened his wallet, and paid for all this stuff. And then they walked out, and I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I told the girls that were working there that waited me. I said, "Do you know who that was?" And they said, "No." And I told them, and they said, "Oh no." So I went online and found a 25-year-old picture of the husband and wife, and they looked at it. And they, they said, "Well, she sort of looks the same, but he looks exactly the same." <laughs> And so I've always wanted to put a, I wanted to put a sign in my window that said so and so buys her chocolates from Rebecca's, but I decided that against that, uh, but it was still fun. It was still fun to have that happen. That's cool. I love it always when you're working or when you have a business. Someone comes in and buys something, and you you know them like kind of like famous. It just ex makes you feel like oh I'm doing something right. I got you know, the good stuff that everyone's going to enjoy. Well, especially just the fact that it was a competitor. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, and there were a couple of chocolates that I, I really think they wanted to find out how we made them. And because I had some people who knew that, and uh, they said that a little while later, they this, this company came out with a, a chocolate trying to sort of imitate them the Cherry Hill I talked about. Yeah. And he just said, it's not anywhere near as good as yours. So anyway, fun things happen like that all the time. That's awesome. What is, so you're talking about all these cool different flavor combinations. What is kind of the way that you and your wife kind of formulate your chocolates or, or make these uh, these flavors? Well, one of the things that most, most uh, candy companies don't do is when you buy a chocolate from them, that the center is usually a sugar and water flavoring uh, and we add cream to about well to nearly all of our chocolates which all of the experts say you can't do that because it, it uh, clashes mm -hmm. with the centers but we have found that the way we've made it it to us makes it better than any other way uh, we have, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's about all of that. I love that. That's cool, though, because, you know, you have that that separates you from, from everyone else. It makes you unique. And I think that's a very important thing in the food industry, especially in the, the chocolate industry, to have something that makes you different from everyone else. I remember going to a retail confectioner's uh, meeting in Dallas, Texas, and because I had a, a problem, I had a big, they call them cream beaters, mm -hmm. 
and that it's just a big arm that goes around and, and mixes the, the fondant that's a liquid and turns it into a, a, a solid like the centers are. Mm -hmm. And I kept getting a metallic taste on it. So I went down and, and asked them, and they said, oh no, you have to talk to the guru over here. You know, and I found out that this was back again when chocolates were six ninety five a pound. Yeah. That he was he he had a set of stores in the New York coast area. I think he had seven stores. He was doing fourteen million dollars a year wow. in sales. And, and I was probably at one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, anyway, he uh, he said. I said to him, here's the problem. And he said, well, have you tried this? And I said, yeah, I've tried that. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Went through the whole thing. He says, well, I don't know. But he says, let me ask you one thing. Why do you put cream in your chocolate? And I said, you don't? And I said, no. His chocolates were $14.95 a pound, or mine were $6.95 a pound. Wow, that's... And I figured that his actual cost on it was like... 62 cents a pound in ingredients, and then he had a machine that just ran through and dipped them all. So I mean, I figured that his his total cost per per chocolate was probably one third of what mine was. Wow! But somehow he was selling 14 million dollars a year. So do you hand dip every one of your chocolates? Oh yeah, we hand dip everything. Because I did see the the temper the chocolate temper over there. Yeah, the, the, well, it's just a melter, really. Yeah. And all it does is just melt the chocolate, so we have to sit and wait. Yeah. We have an old table in the other room that uh, probably was has been around for at least 80, 90 years. Anyway, it's been around for that long. It has two big bins in the middle of it, and we have marble slabs sitting next to them, mm -hmm. and these marble slabs uh, cool the chocolate when the girls will just pull it out onto the board, they'll cool it down to the temperature that's correct, and then they uh, dip it. And we had some, we've had some dippers who are just absolutely amazing. And uh, one of the benefits of having hand-dipped chocolates is the chocolate coating that goes on your chocolates is much thicker than a machine can put on. Yeah. Because if you use a high viscosity or a thicker chocolate, it won't go through the pipes, and it will continue to, to clog up the machines of the, so they can't use it. Yeah. They have to use a thinner chocolate. And uh, I have one girl who started dipping when she was 15, <clears throat> and we agree, all of our people agree here, there's nobody who can put more chocolate on it and make it shine and look beautiful than this guy. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so, if there was a young person that's trying to get into this industry, what would you, what advice would you give them to help them? Wow. Have lots of money. <laughs> it would make it a lot easier. In my situation, my wife uh, has had multiple sclerosis for 55 years. Yeah. And anyway, so she, she uh, for the last 22 years, has not worked in the business. But she started it, and yeah. she still works hard. But this MS happened to take away all her taste buds, 
had a sense of taste and sense of smell, which made it so that she couldn't make the candy anymore. You asked me what I would suggest. I would suggest that if a person wants to be in this business, that they have a, a spouse, partner, whatever you want to call it, who is making a living so that the other person can dedicate the time and put the money back in to the business to grow it to however they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Because the only reason that we even made it in the first year and a half was because we had done boutiques for eight years before we had this location. And they found out that we actually had a standing uh, shop and then they started to come here. And I literally, even now, after, what was it, 91 until 2023, I even now have people who said, I've driven by here for 20 years. I've still never seen your shop till today. Wow. So, if you want to be in this business, it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of capital, but it depends on whether you want to sell retail, whether you want to sell wholesale. If you want to sell wholesale, then you've got to get machines, you've got to do all this kind of stuff because it just won't, it won't work any other way. Yeah. It's, but it's a fun business to be in. As I say, it's a sweet business to be in. I like that, yep, it's pretty sweet to be in. And so, Rich, what is one thing in you in your life? It doesn't have to be related to um, like making chocolate or the confectionery industry. But what is one thing that you have learned that has impacted your life the most? I should have had a list of these questions before. Uh, well, I guess I would say that the one thing that has impacted my life more than anything else is the absolute sweetness of my companion, my woman, Rebecca. And all that she has put up with throughout all the years, there's, we would go to church and I would walk around and say hello to somebody and they would say, hi Richard, where's your wife? <laughs> hi Richard, is your wife here today? And that's just the impact that she made on everybody else and she made it on me too. And so with that and my faith in the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, there's those two things together have made my life amazing. I don't travel, I don't go to Trump, you know, I don't go to Europe and things like this. I'm happy to be with family. It's the best part of life. I love that so much. I think that's definitely a big part about life is family that's what makes us the most happy and I'm glad that uh, you have that and that you could share that with us I just want to thank you for taking the time out of out of your busy day to be here on the podcast and to be here with us we're going to make sure we have in the show notes and everything uh, links to your social media where they can find where my viewers can find your store um, the address and everything um, but thank you again for, for being here with me. Just remember that I'm not of the, of the social media era. And uh, so what you find on there will be put on by other people. Sounds good. We'll, we'll make sure that they, they all know. I just want to thank everyone for 
uh, listening to the podcast today, Sweets with Sodium. Uh, if you can leave a review or like, that helps us out. We can get more amazing people like Richard here onto, onto the podcast. But until then, we hope everyone has a sweet day.